Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome into episode number 182 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside my guy, Porter Hayes, and we thank you, as always, for joining us. If you haven't already, please be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. There's so many today, I can't even name them all, but wherever you're listening, if you could leave us a five-star rating and a written review, helps us get our name out there and reach more people. Got another great show for you. Porter and I are going to do a quick rundown of this week and then also discuss the big softball matchup that they have with Alabama this weekend. We're going to talk some baseball in the next segment with uh, Ole Miss beat writer Brian Rippey of the Ole Miss Spirit, part of the 247 Sports Network. And then finally, in segment three, Kevin is going to talk with ESPN college baseball analyst Troy Eklund about the baseball season so far. So we've got a very loaded baseball show for you. You know, there's people that cover baseball for the Razorbacks. They do their analysis. I know that some of them do stats, some of them just do scores, but we're going to do an entire show essentially dedicated to mainly softball and baseball. But before we get started, I want to let you guys know that the show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Guys, it is Masters Week, and Bet Online has you covered on all the news, scores, and odds. Plus, it is the best way to sign up, and it is free. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Porter, I don't know if you and I and the rest of the guys have talked about this much. I guess we did in November when it was going on, but are you much of a Masters fan? Sundays. I'm like kind of like the generic Masters fan. Like When Tiger won it, I mean, that was awesome. You know, that he's brought back golf there for a while, you know, but other than just, you know, you got the major golf fans who watch from the par three, which they didn't have this year. And then of course they always have a big deal when they do the first tee off, which, you know, usually it was Arnold Palmer or Jack Nicholas and they, you know, Jack Nicholas did that this year, but if it's a close race or close deal on Sunday, I'll watch, but you know, other than that, I, I won't pay no attention to it. I usually follow the leaderboards because I'm I'm very blessed to have three screens at work. So I'll normally and my boss is pretty cool with it. So long as we get the with the jobs done and everything, what we need to do that day. But I'll have during the NCAA tournament, I had that up on a screen. I did that with the Masters in November as well. But I'm kind of like you; I don't really focus fully in terms of just sitting there in front of the TV, except for on Sundays, maybe a little bit on Saturdays. But because most of the time, you can have a guy on fire for maybe two to three days, and then it just falls apart at the end. It's kind of like Jordan Spieth in 2015; he dominated from beginning to finish, and then the same thing was happening, except for once he got to, I believe it was like the 
seventh or eighth hole on, on Sunday in 2016 uh, when, when he fell and wasn't able to defend the title. But nonetheless, a, a great weekend. Got baseball, got softball, got the Masters for those of you uh, involved in that. But, Porter, we're going to talk real quick about this softball team, man. Every single week we are just – it seems like we're more enamored with what they are doing because with baseball, what they've been doing, they've had a great season so far too, but we're used to that. Every single year, this team is a competitor, most years at least, especially within recent memory. This is a team that's going to compete for Omaha, talking about the baseball team. It wasn't the same with, with Coach Diefel's squad. Now, I know that um, in 2019, they had a pretty good season, and they I think they started off pretty well last year before COVID shut everything down. But here they are, 32-3, and 12-0. I think they have a two- or three-game lead in the SEC atop that conference. And then they've got the big one with Alabama. So you've got this matchup with Alabama – you got a chance. Uh, I think you had said that they've got a chance to possibly sneak into the top five, especially if they win this series after this week. Uh, man, just, you know, Braxton Burnside getting that record. Talk about this series with, with Alabama. It's going to be a big series. I mean, Alabama coming ranked in number three in the nation. Uh, just We just got off the press conference with the Autumn Storms and Coach Diefel, and they were just talking about how they really are treating this like any other series and any other sec series because every team's good the confidence that autumn storms has in her teammates and that's what's so special about this team they're so balanced they're not just a heavy hitter team and they're lacking on the pitching you've got mary half and autumn storms jenna bloom to come in there the third option of the pitching staff and just shut teams down you know then of course you you mentioned braxton burnside with her 20th home run you know setting single-season records with 16 games left. The team as a whole hit 66 home runs, which that broke the team record. And in the same game, they hit six home runs in the same game. So a lot of this talk is mainly around the offense and the home runs. But, you know, it's awesome that, you know, they're 12-0 and in the SEC play. Kyle, the year before Coach Diefel and Coach Diefel's first year, they were 2-46 and in SEC play. I mean, it's almost uh, it's almost the same story with Coach Diefel and Coach Neighbors of where they were before they got there and where they are now. And it's just amazing to see, you know, a lot of these kids, you know, they had their seasons taken away. Braxton Bernstein, you know, in her interview with Bo, you know, she was talking about, you know, finally getting out of Missouri, coming to Arkansas to play, and then COVID hit, you know. So a lot of these kids are so thankful. And Coach Diefel touched out on the press conferences – Look, yeah, we're having a lot of success, but stay humble. Remember just how, you know, you need to cherish these moments because it could be gone next week. Well, and we're getting to know a lot of these softball players because, you know, I think in the last couple of years with Coach Diefel, with Coach Neighbors, that we're especially this year experiencing an influx of more fans really giving support to the women's sports. I think that's a big credit to some of the work that you personally have done and other people, Pig Trail Nation, Tara Talmadge. I know Paul Boyd's in there. Um, is it Pat, Pat Jenkins is also another one that have really yes. just tried to uh, their best. You guys have done an incredible job of putting – uh, these these teams that notice and, and you know with the coverage and everything, but I really like that that Bo has uh, done a few weeks of various on the Hog Pod of various softball players because this is an incredible team, one of the best teams in the nation. We don't even know who half these girls are mostly, 
And some of it's because they've transferred in. Some of it's just because now I personally know who a lot of them were because I followed it. But again, there's a lot that have started this year. And you look at Kayla Green, our catcher, with with her incredible story in California. You know, overcoming uh, not her, but her mom overcoming drug addiction. I believe she said she's been clean for upwards of ten years now. Has a full time job after being, you know, essentially like left for dead some days from some of the things that she had gone through. And so, you know, for a, a child to overcome that and growing into a young lady and and really finding a home in Arkansas, finding a new family, not a new family. I know she still associates with their one in California, but you found a family and you found a place there just like what Braxton Burnside did. Now, she might be a native Arkansan, but she came from Jonesboro, came over to Fayetteville after spending a couple years at Missouri, and that was her dream. And so it's been really fun just getting to know because, uh, you know, you, you get to know the kids through the hog pod, the football players, the basketball players, the baseball players, but – we didn't really know much about this team even until this year, and we've still got a lot of season left. And, you know, I know Oklahoma is one of the best teams in the country. Florida is another one in there that, of course, the Razorbacks are ranked over. Those are just two that come off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we're talking about what they did. Like you said, Porter, we keep focusing on the home runs, them being I think they're still second in the country. But this is a team that is seriously has a chance to do some some damage as we get closer into the SEC. Now we got a lot of time left before the SEC tournament and all that. Once we get to the NCAA's, but this is a team that is still not getting the amount of respect that I think they deserve. Well, I think it's important that this it's happening before this series because this is going to give them that chance to really sh- say, "Hey, we earned this. This this is why we deserve it," you know and. You know, Arkansas is not that household name like an Alabama or UCLA or like an Oklahoma, which Oklahoma is sitting at 28-0, and we're talking about home run records. Arkansas has 66. Well, Oklahoma has 91. So, you know, we're talking about home runs. I mean, Oklahoma seems like they're hitting one every time they're at bat. But, yes, you know, talking about the hog pod and what they've done, man, it's, it's awesome because the work we've put in and the games that we've went to, and, and you're starting to give these girls – and. I'll tell you what, I love it that the interaction we get with the players that are liking and retweeting with the basketball players, softball players, gymnastics, you know, that's what I do this for. That's what I wanted to do when I started with the hog talk and being the women's analyst. I wanted to bring more awareness to the women's sports and having people like Bo, Alyssa Orange, Tara Talmadge, you know, people who are really taking this to new heights, doing more than what we can give them is it's awesome to see because they do deserve it. And and it's not just because it's women's sports, but they're awesome at the women's sports. You know, it's so I'm proud to say that we do cover women's sports probably more than a lot of, if not every other outlet there is other than picture on nation. So I kind of tip my hat on that. And I'm glad that Bo's starting to really do this because their stories need to be heard. And I can't wait to hear more of them. I want to get into something that we've uh, been working on, I guess, that Cabo has been working on and that we're assisting with. But before I get into that, and then we're going to hit our next segment after that, it's springtime, guys, and one of the favorite activities within Arkansas is fishing. The fine folks at Monster Bass have the best new baits from the industry's top brands and affordable prices delivered to your door each month. They handpick the best baits based on where you live and fish, along with providing you the top-level customer service you deserve. Head over to monsterbass.com. That's monsterbass.com and use hog10, H-A-W-G-10, 
to get ten dollars off for your off your first box. That's monsterbass.com promo code hog ten h a w g one zero. So uh, for those of you that obviously know Kevin, he coaches the Arkansas prospects, which is basically a team that there's Caden uh, Wallace played on it. Uh, Jackson Wiggins played for him. There's been a couple of other guys that I know that play for Ole Miss, Alabama. He's got guys all across the country that he has coached uh, on the prospects. And for the past three or four years, uh, I know that he's really done all that he could. Even when I was in San Antonio um, and we didn't really know each other at the time, he reached out to me for some baseball coverage. Of course, I didn't know anything at that time because I was so far away. But he has really just taken as as much as he can to another level of baseball coverage in our state because we just don't have it, what we have with football and uh, basketball. And so each Monday, he's already had a good bit of coaches uh, reach out to him about getting stats in. But we're going to try to put baseball, um, whether it be ERA, whether it be – hit whether it be hits as many stats as we possibly can we're going to try to put these out and we're going to put them on once we get it uh, worked out on our website these will be available every single monday on the hog talk website that's hogtalkmedia.com of course that's h-a-w-g you can find it on our facebook page all of our socials i will also be posting it on rocktown sports media who i cover high school sports through so it's going to be out there and we guys we would love you not just to share it but we need your help on this we, you know we need as much help as we can get if you're a coach if you're a parent if you have anything to do, maybe not even just with baseball, with some softball too, we'd love to get into that. Um, now, I don't know how much we would be able to do all of that because it's just, again, there's so many teams and so much stuff, uh, so many logistics, extra stuff. But, you know, we love to do what we can. That's what we try to do. Like Porter said, we try to put as many kids, whether they're in college, high school, uh, out there noticed. And, you know, we're not some big wig media company. We are a legit media company, but we're not a big wig by any means. Um, but that's our goal. You know, we want to try to get these names out there because you never know well, who could be watching, whether it's a JUCO coach, whether it's D1, D2, it doesn't matter. You know, we're out there to try to to get these kids uh, on, on, you know, where they need to be and, and to get noticed. And so, again, you can find all that stuff. This is something that we're really working the kinks at now. We released the rankings uh, already for this week, but then as of Monday we should still get it, uh, get it rolling and get those stats out there. So that's uh, really excited about this. And so, Porter, I think that's about all we got for segment one. Uh, I guess we'll get Brian on here in just a second once we go to a break. But, uh, man, just look forward to another weekend, hopefully some more Razorback sweeps. Love seeing those. Yeah, hopefully we'll get another sweep in store for this weekend, both men's and, you know, the baseball team over Ole Miss and this uh, big softball matchup against Alabama. So we got Brian Rippey of Ole Miss Spirit up next. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast. Are you one of the millions of Americans who suffers from anxiety, feelings of worry, or just dread beginning a new week? Sunday Scaries products are here to help you stay chill and mellow. Visit sundayscaries.com to check out the vitamin-boosted gummies, hemp oils, and much more. There is no risk to buy, and the company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee, meaning if the product is not for you, you'll get your money back. Again, it's sundayscaries.com, and use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off, sundayscaries.com, promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Make your outdoor experiences even better with Canon sunglasses. Their Japanese optics make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, plus the Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at canon.com to receive 15% off of your first pair. That's K-A-E-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canon, clearly better. 
We're back on episode number 182 of the Hog Talk podcast, and we now go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline where we are joined by Ole Miss Spirit writer of 247 Sports, Brian Rippey. Brian, first of all, appreciate you hopping on, man. Look forward to talking some baseball with you. For sure. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's just start off, man. Like We'll call it what it is. These two teams do not like each other. Um, now, I know a lot of it's in good fun, but it has just really become, since the 2019 Super Regional, it has become fun for Razorback fans to hate Ole Miss baseball and, and Ole Miss fans to hate Razorback baseball, and rightfully so. Two very successful teams. You guys ended the season number one. You started it. You ended last year number one when it got shut down. You started this year number one. The Razorbacks were unanimous for right after that series with UCF that you guys had. Still number one, depending on what poll you look at, but nonetheless, this is a 2-3 matchup, probably the biggest regular season game that these two have had and the first matchup, first series that they've had since the 2019 Super Regional. I know that Oxford probably is already rolling and ready to see this one. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, you know, whatever you think of it, they are pretty much fully open over there, I mean, over here as well. So you'll have a packed crowd and it should be a really good crowd for all three games. And I, I think, I think you nailed it in terms of the anticipation and the excitement for it. And yeah, it is a great rivalry. And I was talking about this with someone um, earlier today and kind of just anticipation for the series. It's, it's because both teams have kind of be, or both programs have kind of become what they've become. And I think some of it has gone with, you know, I mean, 10 years ago, it was kind of like, okay, you know, LSU is going to be dominant and which other team can kind of get up in that echelon and challenge them for the West to where I think in the last half decade, I know LSU played for the title in 17. There's kind of been a power shift to some degree to where every year you're kind of looking at the Arkansas and the old misses and the Mississippi States and seeing if LSU's in the mix with them, if that makes sense, right? Like there hasn't been outside of that national title team and LSU team that's, that scared you in a couple of years now. And the, the consistency in terms of the programs, I think has kind of been found with Ole Miss and Arkansas. I throw the state in that mix too. A&M to some degree, but there's been years where they can hit years. They can hit. And I think that's really kind of how it's manifested itself. And the fact that this series has kind of been even killed, right? Arkansas has had some success in Oxford and you, know, you would know better than I, but it seems like Ole Miss has kind of been the only team in the last four seasons to have any sort of success at Bomb Stadium. Yeah, I know that at least since 2013, I believe we've won once. Now, this is something that I am not – I'm not a baseball almanac or anything, but I, de- I think that since 2013, we've actually only won one series against Ole Miss, and that was in the Super Regionals. And that Super Regional was just bizarre. I, I don't re- – this is another thing that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm going to try it. So, I think the first game – was it 12 to 1 Arkansas, then 13 5 Mississippi State, or it was like 12 to 2 or something, and then the final game was 14 to 1 Arkansas? It was like no matter who was going to win that game, you were going to embarrass your opponent. It wasn't like just a one or two run, it was the bats were going to be hot for whatever team won that day. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that was pretty much predicated on the matchup because Ole Miss that year is. As good as they were late in the year, there was a stretch of that 2019 season where, where Ole Miss was playing really bad baseball. I mean, how there was a there really was a stretch in late April where it kind of looked like that this could be Mike Bianco's last ride. They kind of found themselves early May and then really made that run through Hoover all the way up to the SEC championship game and and back it in their way in the hosting. And that's a long-winded way of saying was that was a weirdly constructed team where Ole Miss, I would say, had a B-level Friday night guy. 
in Will Etheridge. The best pitcher on their team was actually the guy you'll see, you'll actually see him on Saturday. Now he used to be the Friday guy this year, Doug Nikhazy. And then they just didn't have anyone they trusted on Sunday. And ironically enough, that's now probably future top 15 pick here in a couple of months, Gunnar Hoagland. He was just a different guy back then. And I think that the, the pitching matchups, in my opinion, mirrored the way that series went because um, Isaiah Campbell was so much better than anything Ole Miss had on the mound in that first game. And I think it kind of showed and Etheridge had a bad start to where Doug was pretty lights out in game two. And then I think, you know, Arkansas wasn't great on the mound in game three, but Ole Miss certainly did not trust Gunner. And that Arkansas lineup that year was so potent to where they got up early in that game. And it's like, there's just no way Ole Miss is going to get these kids out on a consistent basis. It was a weird series, but like I kind of messaged you when we were first kind of setting this up, it's like that Sunday game in particular and kind of the lopsided scores, I think probably cast a cloud over what kind of a battle that entire series was like, cause those first two games balloon late, they were competitive for five, six innings. Yeah, I think that we got a little too cocky after game one because, you know, you blow out a team and then we, they get the picture. Who, who was – I think you just mentioned his name, the guy that ate the booger that went viral. Yeah, Doug Nikhazy. Yeah, Doug, yeah. So this – you know, I, I his name just completely slipped my mind. So at the end of that game, the game one, Arkansas fans see that. And, of course, they're like, oh, we got the booger eater, not knowing that the booger eater was this really, really freaking good freshman pitcher that just completely came out and uh, did some numbers on you. Actually, I think we scored – you know what? We scored five runs in that. I think it was – yeah, so I, I can't remember if I, if I had that one correct. But, surprisingly, we actually got up to five runs in that game. I don't uh, I don't know how that happened because we that was just one where – like you said, it was whoever was going to get the bats hot and uh, who was going to show up that day. We did not show up at least at the very beginning until it was too late. But Razorback fans, I think, just got this this cockiness. And it's easy to do when you have that kind of win. You're one win away from Omaha. But I wanted to go into to Mike Bianco now. Is, you know, look, he's a good coach. And he's been there now, I think this is his 21st year. He's only had one College World Series appearance, though, but he's been pretty successful in the SEC. I know you guys have won a, a couple of SEC championships. I want to say it was 06 and, and 18. And so what is the what is the overall um, opinion of him? Now, is it is it more so that you would say that fans are happy that they have a pretty consistent program that's successful, or does he have that reputation around Oxford that he can't get over the hump? Boy, that's a, uh, that's a great question because – I think it's it's transitioned back and forth from both sides of what you just kind of painted there. It's it's interesting. He's been here since, I guess, 2002. I think Mike and Van Horn are the two longest tenured coaches in the conference. I didn't look that up, but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure they both are. And he pretty much built Ole Miss baseball into what it was. Ole Miss did not have any sort of consistent or nationally relevant baseball program until Mike Bianca got there. And it's it's interesting the way his whole career has played out because he gets there in 02, I think, and then they get really good in the early to mid 2000s. And they have a super regional against Texas where they win game one and they lose the last two at home in Oxford. The exact same thing happens the next year in 06 against Miami. Then they lose the super in 07 at Arizona State. And then in 2009, they probably had the best team in college baseball. And once again, won game one in Oxford in a super and lost the last two to Virginia. So they had this reputation for his first, you know, 10 years as, as or seven, eight years, whatever you want to call it, as the head guy as, yeah, he's built a hell of a program, but they can't get over the hump. And then he takes kind of this weird eclectic blunt bunch in 2014 that wasn't close to his most talented team 
and goes on the road and wins a super after losing game one and winning the back two and kind of breaks through and goes to Omaha. And I think a lot of people would believe that if that team had not broken through, I'm not sure Mike Bianco would still be here. Um, fair, unfair, whatever you think. And then now it's kind of gotten in the territory to where he got up to 18 and they'd lost two home regions in a row, but he's recruiting at such an incredible level. And he's had teams with so much talent that I think people even almost got more frustrated that they couldn't get over the hump. And then the 2020 team, if you remember before the restart, or excuse me, the shutdown, Ole Miss was playing about as good as baseball as yeah. anyone in the country. They were as hot as anyone in the country last year before it shut down. And it's much of the same pieces this year. And so I would, I would say for about 60% of his tenure since 2010, I think people have been disappointed with the postseason results. But now it's kind of weirdly transitioned without another Omaha appearance into this guy knows what he's doing. He's recruiting very well. It's just a matter of time. And to be honest, it's weird to say, but I think part of that came from making it to the Super against Arkansas. Like I, that team was not expected to do that a month before that Super Regional happened. And he kind of changed his managerial style and they got all the way to that point. And I think even the most irrational Ole Miss fan could accept that Ole Miss just was not as good as Arkansas in June of 2019. They did it. They went as far as they could. They ran into a good opponent that really didn't have any outs in the lineup. And they just didn't have enough to where that one was easier to swallow than the other five. But Mike Bianco being one in five in super regionals is seems almost statistically impossible. So I guess that I would wrap that up by saying, I think it's important they break through this year, but I think people are starting to appreciate it more after kind of a, uh, a mid-decade lull of, okay, is this guy ever going to get the job done, if that makes any sense. Well, and, and I'll tell you, too, no matter what, as, unless he actually wins a national championship, there's going to be doubters because where we have in our fan, fan base is that Dave Van Horn can't get over the hump. Now, the last time that I checked, he can't get over the hump and at least win the national championship. He can get you to, to Omaha. But the last time that I checked, uh, Dave Van Horn wasn't one of the three guys around that fly ball in 2018 that would have won the, the World Series. So, you know, that's that's my argument uh, on that one, among many others. But you just can't please everybody. That's just the way it goes. But no, you you can't to add on to that really quick because I yeah. think that's a really good point. My in my opinion on on and you've been around college baseball a while too. In my opinion, your goal should be to get to as many super regionals as possible. Because if you think about what a super regional is on the surface, you play all these games for a two out of three series. It's kind of a crapshoot, right? right? So if you're consistently making super regionals, you are a good program. You're doing all the right things. And if you play six super super regionals odds are you're going to get to Omaha three, four times, right? To where Mike Bianco has had this weird, like very much statistical anomaly where he's made six super regionals and gone to Omaha one time. Like it's just very bizarre. But I think that should be your goal in terms of a fan base. But again, you mentioned, I mean, fans are fans, right? Like it's it, it's it's hard to kind of think that way. But I, I think that's the way people should look at it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, we'll get into the game real quick. So one of the major headlines outside of it being a 2-3 matchup and the first one, since the the 2019 Super Regional is uh, Tim Elko. I mean, the, the heart and soul of that Ole Miss team, not just in the batting lineup, but in the infield. He's a senior leader. Brian, how do you overcome that? I know that, you know, this is a tough question to answer. It's a cliche one when an injury happens, but not just his bat, but everywhere else. You you got that leadership there that you've just depended on. I mean, that's like, you know, I guess that would be like Arkansas losing our catcher Casey Opitz, who came back thanks to just the five-round draft and didn't go pro. 
That's that is a massive loss, and also to the SEC RBI leader. So I mean that is a big den. You guys got have over. I think it's four or five players that are hitting 300 right now, so you're really good at the plate. But but losing Elko right there is just uh, – it's an understatement saying it's a massive loss. Yeah, I think you probably hit on it about as good as you could at the, at the top of that when you said, you know, it was the heart and soul of the order. I don't think there's really any any debating that at all. And I, I think the first time you mentioned it is, is probably the best way to describe it is they're going to have to overcome it because it's pretty much impossible to replace Tim Elko. I mean, the guy's OPS was four digits, right? Like it's, you can't, it led the SEC and RBIs. You're not going to replace that by sticking someone else in the lineup. The way Ole Miss replaces that is they could become more consistent one through eight. And whoever replaces Elko, not irrelevant, but it matters a lot less because they have three or four guys that can move around. The point is they're going to have to do it by committee and they're going to have to be better one through eight and have less, you know, outs in the lineup. Like Justin Bench, their center fielder, who's now their third baseman. You know, he can't afford to have a four-game hitless streak now. And like Jacob Gonzalez, it's unfair. He's a freshman shortstop. He's uber talented, but he's going to have to be a factor in pretty much every game. And I don't even think it just extends to the offense. I, I think you make up for Elko's loss on the pitching staff as well. I think Ole Miss, in terms of a Friday night guy and a Saturday guy, is going to be as good or probably slightly better than anyone in this league not named Vanderbilt when you have a Gunnar Hoagland and you have a Doug Nikhazy on the mound. And I think it amplifies the pressure on them. Look, Ole Miss, you know, they've been good offensively for the most part this season, but at the same time, they played three SEC series and they've scored a total of one earned run on teams opposing aces. Gunnar's gotten no run support and he's been magnificent and hadn't had a whole lot to show for it. And I think he's going to have to be continue to be as good and continue to kind of work with that thin margin of error. And then Ole Miss is going to have to be able to kind of fight and scrap for, you know, three runs against a Wicklander on a Friday night instead of being shut out for eight innings. I think that's how you kind of overcome this Tim Elko thing because, like you mentioned, he leads the SEC in RBIs. You can't replace that. They have bodies. This team is talented enough. They have kids that they can step in. They got two guys back from injury this week. Kale Baker, who played a little first base, can DH, and Trey LaFleur, who's a talented young kid. Neither one of them have realized their full potential at the plate yet, but you can kind of see it's there. I think the idea that they carry a lineup through the heat of an SEC West race is slim to none and unfair to ask. But if they can be serviceable and everyone else kind of get better by committee around them, that's how you do it because you don't really replace a Tim Elko. And it sucks for the kid because he was having a phenomenal year. And it is nice, I will say, on a Friday uh, that we get this game on SEC Network. I have been a proponent on the show at least the last couple of weeks. When, like, when we had a 2-3 matchup at Mississippi State, I was very bummed that the only game that, that, that was going to be on there was the Sunday game because it's like, well, you know, what if it's just a rubber match? Yeah, right. Like, and I understand that you got to try to use the network to branch out on these teams. But, you know, who do people want to see if you're watching college baseball? You want to see Vanderbilt, you want to see Arkansas, you want to see Ole Miss, and you want to see Mississippi State. Now, I know you mentioned LSU. I just saw today that LSU is 1-8 and eight in conference. I knew they weren't doing that well, but I did not know it was that bad. But one and eight, and yes. just lost their eighth for the year they with are, UCL surgery. Yes. They are one, yeah. That's that's a tough one, man. Uh, you know, well, not that I, I I'm not going to really uh, shed a tear when an old man or not when uh, LSU is not doing too well. But, uh, but that was very surprising. Again, I knew they were down this year, but I didn't know it was going to. Uh, it was quite that bad. But you get that game six o'clock on the SEC Network Friday night. So as this drops, it'll be tonight. 
SEC Network Plus Saturday and Sunday. Sunday first pitch at four o'clock, and then or yeah, Saturday first pitch at four o'clock, and then Sunday one thirty. So, well, Brian, it was great talking with you, man. Look forward to a great two to three matchup. I assume you'll be there in Oxford, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I uh, I enjoyed this. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I wish I could make that trip, man, but just. Uh, Weekends are too short, and the, the drives are a little bit too long, So, but I will definitely be tuning in. But uh, but that was Brian Rippey from Ole Miss Spirit up to the 247 Sports. And, uh, again, really appreciate his insight. We are going to hit a – With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com. Call us at 501-428-0877 or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479 479- Three six eight six four nine zero. Again, that's four seven nine three six eight six four nine zero. The Hawk Talk podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Razorback fans, welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast, episode 182. I'm proud to be joined by ESPN SEC Network color analyst Troy Eklund. Troy, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Now, Troy, I want you Let's, let's take a step back in time. Talk to me about your playing days and just how different it is right now. Yeah, I, back I played in the, the mid to late 80s. Uh, Coach Van Horn was a graduate assistant whenever I played. And so for, uh, I think, three of the four years that I was at Arkansas, that's like when we became friends and are still friends today. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the difference in play, I think back in that day, we were in the Southwest conference, which arguably it was the best baseball conference at that time. I don't think it near had near the strength from top to bottom that the SEC does. I think the elite teams, the Texas, the Texas A&M's TCUs were really good at that time. But, uh, yeah, I think just the balance, uh, and the parity in the SEC is, is what just amazes me week in and week out. Yeah, back in the early 80s, you had a young man at University of Texas named Roger Clemens, and they, they were up there every year. Yeah, he was a little before my time, but there were still some really, really good uh, arms in that Texas staff. Yeah, it seems like every year you could see their name. And, you know, I just I started following 87, 89. I remember those CWS teams with Arkansas and Coach DeBron. So, yeah, and my, my dad and I went to the – game this weekend on Saturday against Auburn and we're just amazed that how much it's changed and that bomb stadium is actually 25 years old now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to believe. Uh, I know that was always a dream of, of coach DeBrian to be able to build that facility. And, and what's really amazing is 
it's really, uh, you know, shown the test of time of how well it was designed and how well it was built. I know that South Carolina, their stadium was pretty much a carbon copy of, of Baumwalker Stadium. And uh, so you, you knew that they did a really good job in how they how they uh, went about making, you know, designing that stadium and then just all the amenities that they've added and the the JB and John L. Hunt Family uh, Player Development Center is just going to be a next. It's going to be out of the world. Out of this world. It's. It's. Uh, I haven't had the pleasure to get in there. I've talked with uh, Coach Van Horn a little bit about it, and he said, "Yeah, it's. It's. It's going to be special. They're. They're not going to get into it this year, even if it is available in June. Uh, so I think that they're just going to kind of wait. But he can't wait for recruits to get in there. Yeah, talking to Coach Thompson, it's. It's not just one of a kind on college baseball, but baseball period. And you talk about it being, you know, one of a kind facility in the world. And that looks like that's what they're doing right there with that facility. Yeah. And I, I the thing that really is, I think it's going to help Arkansas. And my prediction has been in the, it could be this year, but I really feel strongly about in the next three years that they're, they're going to win a national championship. Again, when they were, uh, one strike away from it uh, in 18, but uh, with that facility, and and I I played some minor league baseball, and the the, the growth and the development you're going to get when you go to college and and having a facility like that, and coaches like uh, Nate Thompson and Matt Hobbs and Dave Van Horn, it's it's next level. And so until you get up to like the big leagues, you're not going to see any facility like that. So these guys that, uh, you know, you're leaning which way are they going to go, college or pro? And I know there's a lot of factors in there as well, too. But it, uh, it, I think it's going to make that decision that much easier to, to come to a place like Arkansas because you know you're, you're going to make several steps up and your, your stock is just going to increase exponentially. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Every June, July – Coach Van Horn and his staff have to you know, hold their breath a little bit. Last year it was a little easier because there were only five rounds. But is something like this a game changer to where they could possibly get more of those borderline recruits to get to campus than would sign a pro contract? I really think so. I think that uh, that that facility and, and just the development level that they can get at Arkansas – uh, you know, in the long run, they're going to make more money coming out of school. I think you're going to start seeing more kids do like what Robert Moore did, Dylan Leach did skip that senior season. But again, that takes a one and a very intelligent kid from a, uh, you know, book standpoint. And, but also it's a lot of pre-planning because you have to really kind of start cranking up those class schedules and things like that to be able to graduate early and, and, and get on campus so you can skip that senior year of high school. Yeah, and I had talked to Coach Thompson about that, and he said it's it's got to be a special case, and it was with Robert. And then the next year we got Dylan Leach coming in, which I, I coached summer ball, and I got to see Dylan Leach firsthand last summer and was very impressed with him. So that being once-in-a-generation type deal, it seems like I agree with you. It's going to be more and more of those kids but it's, it's got to be the right situation. They're not going to come to campus just to get the experience. They're going to come to play because at that point, they're on a projection of I'm going to get to pro ball and this is how I'm going to get there. And I'm going to spend three years at Arkansas. Right. So I think, yeah. And Bryce Harper did it back when he got out of high school instead of going his senior, he went to a year at JUCO 
so he could be eligible for the MLB draft. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those dynamics play in with a, a pandemic roster, so to speak. All right, Troy, let's jump to where we're at right now with the baseball program. We're about halfway through the year, seven and two in conference. We still got a, a little bit to go there. But is this team exceeding your expectations so far? You know, I, I felt like that they were going to be this good. Uh, there, there's, uh, I think there's a few players that have kind of jumped out at me. And, and honestly, I really don't feel like that the whole team is clicking all, on all cylinders at this point. I think sometimes you see that the pitching staff will really step up and then, you know, the, the hitters might not scratch out as many runs and then you'll kind of flip that script a little bit. So I, I think that there's still a lot of growth for this team. Um, I, I expected them to be really good. I expected them coming into this season to be um, uh, an Omaha-type ball club. And I was speaking with Aaron Fitt last week of D1Baseball.com, and he said they really kind of got to figure out what the starting rotation is going to be, and I think that was the biggest question coming into the year. And it, it seems like Coach Van Horn and Coach Hobbs have kind of taken the, the Tampa Bay – Ray's approach to, okay, you got a starter, but you got all of these solid arms in the bullpen that could play a role to where you don't need a guy to go six or seven innings anymore. Yeah, I think so. The depth is just unbelievable. And that's just, uh, you know, props to the, the entire coaching staff I know. And it's not just Matt Hobbs only recruits pitchers and Nate Thompson only recruits hitters. You know, they'll, I've heard different people, I've talked to different pitchers and they said, yeah, we have that. that I love Nate Thompson. And I go, well, didn't you mean Matt Hobbs? No, no, Nate recruited <laughs> me. It's like, okay, yeah. so they both have that skill set to be able to kind of cross over on those different positions. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, that, that this team's going to have uh, – uh, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting, I think, Peyton Paulette's going to pitch this weekend. I think he might substitute for Vermillion. I think Lyle Lockhart's been the most consistent so far. I think that experience has really helped him. Um, and you might see uh, – Zebulon Vermillion kind of take the role that Paulette's had the last few weekends, maybe be that guy that comes in right after um, a Wicklander or as, or maybe even, you know, back up Paulette. But I think they like that when you go from a lefty to righty a little bit more. I got to agree with you on that. I want to back up just a second. You mentioned a couple of players that have you know stood out to you. Who, who has kind of surprised you this season so far? I think just because I didn't know much about him, Colin Smith, I mean, he, he started red hot. He's kind of cooled off a little bit, but he still had some really big hits. Just his, his consistency at the plate. Uh, and again, he, he did, did re really well at East Tennessee state, but uh, when he came over, I was very impressed with him to be able just to step on campus and, and compete at the SEC level. Um, Jalen battles, you know, has been a, a little bit up and down, um, but uh, the, the skills are, are definitely there. Um, his arm strength is, is big league today. And I know um, Lane Burroughs, the Louisiana tech coach. I know he was quoted that said, Hey, coach Van Horn, you, you got a, you got a big leaguer playing shortstop. And he said, I'm not talking about a few years from now. I'm talking about right now. So he was that impressed with, with battles. Um so those are those are some of the key position players that uh, I've been impressed with. Um, I think you know on the mound, uh, you always felt like everybody had, was was going to be really solid. I think Caden Monk has kind of jumped up. He had a really good night last night. Uh, I think he's jumped up, uh, you know, as a as a really solid left hander. Probably the first lefty they'll go to out of the bullpen. Him and maybe that Zach Morris 
but uh, so on, on the, on the pitching side, um, him and, and you kind of saw some flashes from Paulette last year. I think if he just kind of settles down just a little bit, uh, I think he'll be, he'll be outstanding because he's got, he's got big league stuff. Yeah. And then you, you got guys like, you know, we've talked about in this show, Jackson Wiggins is, you know, one of those once in a few five to 10 years type of arm that doesn't come along that often. Yeah, the, the thing that even surprised me about Wiggins, I mean, I, I talked to Coach Van Horn about his velocity, but he really can throw three pitches. He can throw his changeup and he throws his breaking ball. And, and, and for the most part, he can throw those for strikes as well. So uh, I think that is, is what kind of separates him from just being a guy that can throw hard. Uh, and, and you see that with Casey Opitz calling the pitches, you'll see Casey Opitz even sometimes start guys off with a breaking ball and you'll see knees buckle because they're thinking it's going to be 97 to 99 miles an hour. And then it's, it's something that starts up in the zone and, and snaps back down. So I think that's, that's why he, you know, and, and I've heard Dave say it uh, to me personally and uh, you know, publicly as well as he said, basically Jackson Wiggins is, can be as good as he wants to be. And that's a pretty big statement because yeah. I'm sure you kind of know Dave Van Horn. He's not a person that just goes around and throws out just, you know, compliments just to, you know, like he's handing out, you know, you know candy at Halloween. It, it just does, doesn't happen. Yeah. Coach Van Horn and having known him and Coach Jackson and Caden Wallace during during their summer high school careers, those superlatives doesn't come, don't come along very often. And when he said that, he could be as good as he wanted to and made the comparison to Nick Schmidt in the, I think it was the fall world series recap. That was really kind of shocking to me. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to comment on somebody else when, when you just mentioned Caden Wallace, um, man, what a, what a complete player. Uh, he, he looks like physically and at the plate, he looks like somebody who is a sophomore, probably more, even more like a junior and in his approach, uh, I've been just unbelievably impressed with how his ability to hit the ball to all fields. I think he got in a little bit of a pull, pull happy uh, streak, uh, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. But again, when, you, when you're a guy that has that kind of power, it, it's sometimes it's uh, understandable. But uh, I think just the last few games, I've seen him start hitting the ball hard to the opposite field. Uh, Again, as a as a as a player, that took me three years to learn how to do. I don't think I hit my first triple until I was a junior in college, and then finally <laughs> finally figured out how to hit that ball to the right side of second base as a right-handed hitter. So, it, uh, it, it he is a special player, and he um, you know, when you when you're uh, when you're hitting in the top of the lineup and in an RBI position as a as a soft, true freshman, um, that's that's very impressive. Yeah, what a lot of people haven't seen yet is his power alley is to right center field. When he's locked in and dialed in, you'll start seeing balls explode off the bat going in that direction. And uh, having talked to him this past weekend, I, I said, you look locked in. He said, yeah, I'm seeing the ball really well. So hopefully we'll start seeing some more balls fly over the fence. I know he's tied with Christian Franklin right now, who had all the accolades coming in. So uh, Christian's been kind of streaky, it seems. He'll, he'll get real hot, then cool off, then get real hot again. So I, I like the fact that you mentioned we haven't seen this team click on all cylinders with everybody yet, and I think that's coming. And especially with, with what we have coming up this weekend, let's talk a little bit about the matchup, Troy. 
Top five matchup on the road once again. No weekends off in the SEC. Talk a little bit about what Ole Miss has. You know, they're, they're a really impressive club. I had the, the pleasure, gosh, it's been probably seven or eight years ago to, to go down and call a game um, on Cox Sports TV down in Oxford. It's, it's an electric environment. Um, even with even with COVID, I still think it's going to be, um, you know, an off the charts uh, you know, environment. Then, you know, the team is outstanding. You know, they, they have they just basically did what Arkansas did down in that t- tournament in, in Arlington. You know, beat three really good Big 12 schools. You know, they've swept Alabama. They've, they've swept Auburn. And, you know, they're a team that it was batting around 285 offensively. And, again, like Arkansas, they they filled the ball real well. I think 973. They're kind of led by Gunnar Hoagland and uh, Doug Nikhazy on the mound. They said so two really, really good starters. Uh, so I, I think Arkansas is definitely going to be in, in a, in a dogfight. I think it's going to be uh, imperative that you don't let – I don't think they can afford to a team like Ole Miss to get down four or five runs like they did against Auburn and, and battle back just with the, the quality of a club they are. So it's, it's going to be a great test for them. I still feel really good about Arkansas going down in there. Um, I think they could very easily win two or three or even potentially sweep. If, if everybody is, is on, I think they're going to be definitely up for that game and locked in. Is this the most complete team in your eyes that Arkansas has played to this point? Yeah, I really think so. Um, I think, again, from, from top to bottom, they, uh, they are they're a really good team. Obviously, Arkansas is not going to play uh, Vanderbilt until potentially in postseason with, the, with their two starters and, and Jack Ladder and Kumar Rocker. I mean, I don't know if there's any – one-two punch better in the country, but uh, but but Ole Miss is going to be, I think they're, uh, you know, head and shoulders above anybody Arkansas has played so far. I, I have to agree with you on that. And before we get out of here, Troy, I want you to put your SEC Network analyst hat on for a minute. Come Sunday evening, what what is the, the who takes the series and, and what's the count? Yeah, I think Arkansas is going to take two or three. Um, I, I just think it's it's really really hard to go on the road and 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 sweep. It's it's possible, but my gut says that that they're going to win two or three. And, and don't hold me to which games they're going to win. Uh, so you know, because you think about okay, well, Gunnar Hoagland's their best pitcher, so maybe Ole Miss gets that first game. But Arkansas hits right-handed pitching much better than lefties. So. I'd say if any game is going to give them a little bit of fits, it's going to be the the Saturday game going against up against uh, Nikhazy. Good deal, Troy. I know you got a ball game to call here in a couple hours, so uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on and talking a little bit of Hog baseball with us. You're welcome back anytime, my man. I really appreciate it. Hey, go Hogs! Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.